0: Before we get into today's topic, I'd like to mention that the Digital Broker Podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software is for commercial insurance agents looking to provide a first-rate client experience to their insureds. Indio turns the application, renewal, and a court submission process into a fully digital, easy-to-use experience for insureds, similar to a TurboTax-like experience for the business owner. As a result, agencies using Indio are able to retain and acquire more business. Ryan, you've had some experience with Indio. What, what have you seen
1: that's a benefit? Agencies totally are looking to define client experience. What is client experience? Every C that I talk to right now, C-level is, hey, we need a client experience. Well, this is the client experience. This can help make you look modern in front of your clients, which may be the most important factor. It can ease the burden of uh, filling out paperwork, and this is a, a relatively easy solution to put in place and to, to make work. So that when I think about Indio and the advantages that you get, that's one of the main ones. And to get a demo of the product, you
0: can go to their website, useindio.com, and simply click on the Get Started button and schedule a time. And certainly be sure to let them know that you heard about it on the Digital Broker Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Welcome to The Digital Broker. I'm Steve Anderson with my co-host Ryan Deeds. Good afternoon. Good morning. Whatever good afternoon, it is. <laughs>
1: Steve. Good to see you.
0: So the last episode, we talked about onboarding new clients quite a bit. Uh, really important. Uh, if you didn't have a chance to listen to that, go back and listen to that. What we want to talk about now is employee engagement. Once that employee gets into the organization, it's acclimated, they're new, maybe, what, Ryan, first 90 days-ish? Yeah. Something along those lines. Now, we need to really look at how are we going to keep that employee engaged? And and I guess my first question is, employee engagement, what really does that mean? Right. Well, I hear that a lot.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, and I'm it, and not even a...
0: sure I could...
1: It's a nebulous it. term, right? It's kind of the unicorn is how I think about it. I think when when I try to define that mentally, it's somebody that will stay until the job is done. It's somebody that um, appreciates the organization for the culture that it has, The the culture aligns with that employee's expectations and desires. And so if that employee wants freedom, the organization can provide freedom. You know, it's it's an alignment between the desires of the employee and the offerings of the organization. It's doing fulfilling work, right? I mean, I think it's a huge part of it. Um, in insurance, we have a tendency to do a lot of paperwork, right? We do. And sometimes that can, the person who's doing the paperwork can really get worn down and say, why am I doing this? You know, what is, what is my greater purpose? The, the newer employees that are coming up, they talk about purpose a lot, impact. They, they wanna have a, they wanna be able to cha- change stuff. You know, it, it's not just a job. It's not just a job. I mean, it, and if it is just a job, they're not going to stay very long because they want to have fun with it. They want to be able to be be active in the in the community and do all kinds of different stuff, you know. And so. But it is a job and it needs to be done.
0: That's so right, that's can't... my old, you know, you know, mindset coming out in terms of, yeah, just, you know, Put your nose down and get it done.
1: Well, and I think it's funny because you'll see certain things happen, right? Like uh, I, I've I've consulted with organizations before that they've had a game room. Well, hey, there's a game room, and then the owner sees people playing games, and then they're like, "Well, why are they playing games? <laughs> like, well, why the hell did you put a game room game in room place? in here if you weren't right. gonna?" That's right. That's yeah. right. I mean, and so you know, it, it's almost. You know, building a culture of engagement is individual for each organization, and it's about what they're willing to do. I think th- the the impetus behind that is going to be the retention of employees, because these the, the newer generations are not twenty year employees. Probably, you know, if you get five to eight years, ten years, you're probably doing you're really probably good. doing really well, That's and right. not the 20,
0: 25, 30, maybe longer. That's right. Employees, yeah. yeah. I thought of when you said the game room and you know questioning why people are playing games. I actually very much believe that breaks, more often breaks. I think every thirty minutes um, help increase focus and productivity mm-hmm. and reduce errors. All of those kinds of things, as opposed to just kind of nose down, let's power through this and and that translates into higher productivity it also translates into better documentation better detail which is certainly important so yeah that's an interesting mindset shift and i think too many agency owners who are maybe more my age uh, older if you don't know um you know really look at that hey you know we just we worked hard and we kept our nose down and and I'm not sure we were at nearly as effective as we could be. And certainly, the science today is is showing that, in terms of focus and productivity and creativity and all of those kinds of things, those breaks are actually really important. Or and they they
1: increase the bottom line. Well, I mean, I think ultimately, when you talk about, it, you're talking about trust. If I see an employee in a game room, do I have trust that an employee did the job that they were supposed to do and they did it effectively? If I don't have trust in that as as a manager or as a C level, then there's a problem there. Right. right. And does the employee trust me enough to play a game when they have a lot of time to? Did I have I created a culture of self management? Almost. You know. I mean, I think that most of the companies moving forward are, are transforming from how much did you get done today to did you hit the goal that you were supposed to hit today. Mm-hmm. And if that took you. Twenty-five minutes versus seven hours, and you could spend the rest of the time kind of messing around. Obviously, that's a, that's a that's a big discrepancy. But if that person got it done, then then why worry? You know, if that was the goal that's laid out for that individual.
0: Well, we talked a bit about this on the last episode when we talked about job descriptions, that's right? right? Mm-hmm. If they're fulfilling the duties that you've described in the job description, who cares how long or short? And and that certainly is a mind shift in right. terms of management. You know, and I think. Still, to this day, many, many, many managers and agency owners
1: manage by butts in the seat. But that's because, I mean, I think, again, the operational chops that so many organizations have, they don't have the wherewithal to have created the, these goals that, that make sense, these smart goals. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the, the metric of productivity is butt in the seat regardless if that person spends their whole time on their cell phone. Right. 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 I mean, today it is such a different dynamic. And, and you know, I remember 2010, 2013, agencies were locking down Facebook and locking down Twitter and doing all this crazy stuff. But they wouldn't take their employees' cell phones away. Right. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, yeah, that was a bit of a it's a conundrum, oxymoron yeah. conundrum. That's a good word yeah, for it. Yeah, you know, because yeah. it's like, all right, cool. Now you've shown that you don't trust them to do the work that they're supposed to do. But you've enabled them to just skirt that by being on their cell phone, you know? Yeah, right. And so, you know, I, I think that you've got to build a culture of trust. Without that, you're really never going to get to the next level and so i think that onboarding process happens you're instilling what the expectations are because you have strong job descriptions you have a, a good layout of what a day looks like for that employee what success looks like and then you don't overload them with so much work where they have to i mean if you've got people buried and they're coming to the office and they're just sitting down in their seat and they're working through there's a lot of culture that they may be missing that will keep them there relationships keep people on their jobs. Yep. Right. no question. The relationship between a manager and an employee is the most critical relationship in an organization for employee retention. If your manager has 50 employees, there's no way that they're doing anything more than PTO requests, Mm -hmm. right? They're not driving down into what drives you, what moves you as an employee, what are the things that are important to you. Individually, And I think from my perspective, that's where I want my managers to be. I want them to have enough time, and they want to have enough time because they get so much more from the relationship than if they're just a PTO requester or they're an arbitrator for issues, right. which happens so often. Sure. You know? Of course. Of course. So is there a impact on the bottom line I think a huge one I think I think one of the biggest ones is that re- employee retention yep. right you got an engaged employee that buys into your culture buys into your vision that understands what success looks like and understands how they're moving that needle towards the greater good now to get all that in place obviously you've put some work in as an agency, right? But that employee right there is an empowered employee that can enact change and will stick around. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to leave for 5000 extra dollars, yep. you know? They're going to feel like they are contributing to the greater good. Uh, and so, yes, I think they're they, they, turning people over is such a drain on both morale and on your knowledge, you know? And for us, that institutional knowledge is such a critical component of this thing, you know?
0: Yeah, and that, we already are under pressure with that, with people retiring and just the demographic trend that we've mentioned a couple of times uh, with how to capture that knowledge, how to transfer that, you know, to someone else coming in, um, taking over. So that's, that is a, a huge issue. I, I flashed a thought, um, I don't know if you saw it or not, but a few weeks ago, Crystal and Company, large broker, uh, announced that they were adding a tuition reimbursement mm-hmm. benefit into their benefit package. And I think it was capped at $10,000, but you know certain longevity requirements, sure, sure. et cetera, et cetera. And the reason I bring that up is, um, again, engagement and understanding that what an employee wants out of a job is different today than it has been in the past. And so how do we adapt appropriately to reflect that?
1: I think one of those programs that I've seen is like, you get a sabbatical, a month sabbatical, at five-year marker, mm-hmm. right? So now you're pushing the employee to, and that's a paid sabbatical. Go do whatever you want. And it does two things for you. One, it gives that employee a long-term carrot, right? Mm-hmm. I'm here for five years. Man, I get to go have a month to go to Nepal if I want, right? Yep. Um, experiences in life. Experiences are what driving what's driving almost everybody now. We want to experience stuff. We don't want to buy as much. We want to do, right? Right. But you need time to do. And so the other thing that it does is it helps promote cross-training because if X individual is gone for a month, now you've got to have somebody come in and fill that person's spot. And so if the culture is dictated on that and every, you know, every day, if you, you're having people go out for a month at a pop, your cross-training will much be, be much better and you're going to have a much more robust organization to be able to handle uh, loss and differences, you know.
0: Yeah, actually, I'm thinking uh, the sabbatical is uh, actually a friend of mine here in uh, the Nashville area has a company, started a company, long story, has about, I don't know, 25 employees, not insurance related. But in terms of their employees and engagement of their employees, they've done a couple of interesting things. Uh, One is they have unlimited PTO. Mm -hmm. They have no set amount that you you get and again it goes back to your comment about trust if i trust that people will take appropriate time they will get done what they need to get done they will plan ahead for others to fill in if they're need some time off or take some some time off you know again it goes back to that that trust and and these are i'm I'm thinking of the employees that i've interacted with mostly younger yeah you know, and, and their engagement, their enthusiasm, they're uh, willing to jump in and literally work weekends sure. when needed because they know they'll have time off. The second thing is, um, in their case, three years. If they're with the company three years, they get a, a 30-day
1: nice. fully
0: paid sabbatical. They They kind of didn't plan that, so the company's fairly new. You know, the first three-year employee, they had actually several employees come up at the same time. Mm -hmm. So they had to kind of manage, you know, that. So everybody wasn't gone at the same time. And I'm not suggesting, but maybe I am suggesting, that agencies start thinking about, are we hiring the right people so that we trust that they get done what they need to get done? Are we providing them the right tools and the right incentives? And frankly, that could be a game room. That's right. Right? To, in my mind, back to what you said was, it's not getting more things done, it's getting the right things done.
1: And it's taking the crap things off, right? Exactly.
0: I mean, and that's using technology, that's using whatever, outsourcing, whatever. That's using, we've talked about a number of that's those right. things, so that those employees are doing important work.
1: Well, I think I think there's easy things. Like, if you're an agency owner and you have 10 new hires um, over the last two years, How many of those new hires have gone out to see a claims resolution? How many of those new hires have have been there with a family when they've recovered from a loss that your company helped them? Because that right there, seeing that tangible impact of something that they processed a year before, done the right way, that right there will increase their ability to understand how they contribute to the greater good. Yeah, and all that paperwork and all that detail actually has and
0: can have a huge impact. That's right on somebody's um, uh, claim payment yeah right if or when they they need that
1: their ability to survive the accident the and... accident
0: or the fire or and that's the a business death that we're unexpected in. death and that is the business we're in right And you know I, I do think the uh, millennials and the even after that now coming uh, into the marketplace really look at that as, I wanna do something good. And I I don't think we in the industry tell that story very well.
1: I agree with you, I mean, that's right. And
0: even to our own employees. Right. Right, that's right. We don't demonstrate and show, here's the reason we need to be accurate on this stuff. That's right. Because this happened.
1: Because maybe you got the producer to get a hug from the family, but the account right. manager that worked the account for two years is behind their cubicle wall, and they don't see that. They don't get to experience that. Get that account manager out there just for that point in time, and you may never have to worry about purpose in that account manager's life again, you know? And so I think there's little simple ways that we can do things that, that will help drive that those commitments. You're just going to have to think a little differently.
0: Yeah, and, and actually that re- that really reminds me. I have not thought about this in a long time when I was selling, primarily commercial insurance, uh, we had about 25 or 30 people in the agency uh, I was part of at that point but I I would sell a new account, I would always take the account manager that I worked with out with me to introduce them, mm-hmm. right? One, I wanted them to get, everybody to get to know one another. I wanted to transfer <laughs> right, cause some you of to get new business. <laughs> uh, some of my servicing work to somebody else with, I'm out. I may, I'll respond as fast as I can, but you know what? Sally's here. That's right. Her job is to respond to your needs as quickly as possible. I'm always there to be involved where I need to be, but she's your first point of contact. Well, again, that elevates her. It gives that transfer relationship so I can concentrate on the new business piece and it helps her understand in that case her him or her understand that these are important things that that right that they're working on here's the benefit protecting. here's what happened here's what happened yeah and
1: i think that you know purpose is a big thing for us today and trying to and we go a lot around and around trying to quantify purpose but we have a very purposeful job the things that we do to help people um you know and and if we can illustrate that more effectively to our employees then i think that that's a big win for us you know it's pretty easy
0: so what's 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 the disadvantage of not having engaged? We've, we sort of talked about turnover. Sure,
1: I mean I think it's probably so even much. a bit more than that, isn't it? I think so. I think so much. I mean, when you look at communication, so we talk about communication a lot inside of an agency management team. You know, how do we communicate? What do we communicate? Did we communicate effectively? What you can never tell though with communication is once you communicate how does the person that receives the communication take it what is their perception of it and it comes back to trust because if that employee trusts the trust the people that are communicating down then they're like okay we can see that this might be a good thing even if you could say hey it's a popcorn we're going to start popcorn friday and for those employees that are engaged and have trust in the organization they're like, that's awesome. That's that's great. For those that are not, they say, why are they taking our money away for for this frivolous thing that doesn't do us any good? You know, they're wasting time. They I got find, too much work to do. They will find something negative to say about it, and that's been one of the biggest learning experiences of my. 15 years in agency management experience is how much time in a management team you spend trying to formulate a communication and then how wild that communication gets taken by the different people in the organization. Mm -hmm. But your engaged employees, you have to communicate less with. Intent is automatically implied to be positive, right? in a non-engaged employee that intent is going to be implied you're making other people rich you know oh you're taking this away from us and so i think that is a gigantic component of it getting stuff done the right way an engaged employee will take the time and the discipline and the the detail necessary to check all the blocks, even if they don't have somebody sitting over their shoulder. An unengaged employee, when that person leaves, you come and sit back down by their desk, and you're like, dang, this stuff wasn't done right for years, and we never caught it. Never you caught know? it, right. But there's probably larger ripple effects. I mean, you could probably do with a 30- or 40-person agency that was hyper-engaged, and you were doing all the right things, the same as a 70-person organization, 80-person organization, with a multitude of non-engaged employees
0: so how do you find out if an employee is engaged or not
1: i think it's tough i mean so often it is a it it is a gut feeling you know we judge a lot of times on smiles right is that person smiling in the office um, does that person have a positive effect on the culture you know that's pro- you know there's technology out there that can help i guess as organizations get larger it becomes a more arduous task but I, I anticipate that most managers are managing based. They, they think an engaged employee is the person that comes in with a smile, has a go-getter done attitude, might not even be the most adept at the job, but they understand I give you a task, you have something to do, nothing's going to stand in your way. You're going to get that done. You're going to come back to me if you hit a place where you can't, and we're going to work through that together, right? From the technology aspect, there's a lot of different things you can do. <clears throat> you can do tiny pulses, you know, there's a... These snap polls are the new big thing, right? That that everybody talks about, which is taking your annual survey that you might give out once a year, um, where everybody fills out 15 questions or 30 questions, and you change that into kind of a, a, a touch point as you, as frequent as you want it, where you may ask a question a week to the employee, to the employ, to every employee in your organization, um, and then bring that back. And maybe you ask them the same question four times a year. So maybe you do it once a quarter and Hey, how, how effective is your communication with your manager right now? Well, now it's an eight. Well, now it's a six. Now it's a four. Well, now you need to get involved and go over there and figure that out and say, how, what can we do to make this better? You know, um, and there's a lot of different technologies that allow the snap polls to happen. And then I think I think that the challenge is when we talk about unlimited PTO, I just look at unlimited PTO and I'm like, that would be so cool. But what that means is the organization had to set up good goals, have good quantifiable metrics. It has to be clear on what success looks like because the employee needs to understand where they need to be to be able to take advantage of these things.
0: Yeah, actually, it's interesting with unlimited PTO, uh, in the reading that I've done around that, the biggest issue is people don't take, mm-hmm. they take less vacation than they did before. Right. Because they're not sure, right, am I going to be judged on taking too much time and all of those kinds of things. So I think that comment you just said was is really key mm-hmm. as having clear metrics about what success actually looks like.
1: And then also defining the things you can't metric. I cannot metric out culture, uh, cultural boon, right? I mean, I've got some employees that I work with that I love working with. I mean, they just make me happy. They, they're smiley, they're positive. Even if they're uncomfortable, they're the, the way that they handle it is, is awesome. And, you know, it's so much, we spend so much time at our jobs that it is so refreshing to work with people like that, right? As opposed to somebody who is kind of a Debbie Downer that, that is skeptical, Unfortunately, in the insurance industry, we hire skeptics. We have to because we need them to be risk-averse because they're supposed to protect our clients. And so, again, there's this kind of this mismatch of what we want to have and what we need to have, you know. But I, I think that, yes, clear goals are an absolute fundamental, and I think it's very it's easy to say, and everybody should be like, oh, yeah, clear goals, that's easy, but it's not. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to no, do. No,
0: it is. Yeah, there's no question about that. So, Ryan, do you have any specific examples of where an employee became unengaged and then left?
1: I do. I do. I mean, I've I've worked with a multitude of agencies, and, and I, I guess one comes to mind. We had a, a, a an employee that had been with, with with an organization for about two years, and they were working with a team. And um, they'd actually worked with a couple teams. You know, this was, a, this was a new employee. They came in. They'd learned from a di- couple different teams. And it seemed externally like they were progressing because they were moving from team to team, but they were moving laterally. Um, and so in their mind, there was no progression. In management mind, there was progression because they were seeing different aspects of the organization. And the, that management team had got some feedback from this specific employee that their career pathing wasn't as as defined as they wanted it to be, so the the management teams got together and started talking about it and figuring out what they needed to do with that employee. Um, but by the time that they had turned around and been able to deliver something to the to the employee, the employee had left. They said, "Hey, I got to go. I got to go to some place that's F- faster." Found another job. That's correct. And I, and when we come back and we asked, you know, <clears throat> what were some what were some of the reasons that that it occurred? It was because there was there was some some internal friction in in the team that they were in that the employee didn't like at all. You know this was a this was a person that was conflict adverse. They wanted to be a part of a cohesive unit that was driving forward, not be put into an adversarial role. And then one of the one of the senior employees had kind of indicated to to that staffer that that some of the training was not going to be happening, uh, right now. And that was kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. And that, that, that employee, by the time that the management team that I was working with was able to create a plan, they were already out the door. Yeah. You know, it it was, uh, and it was kind of a heartbreaker because this, we try so hard to attract this, this group that is going to be the, the 10, 15 year employees And we, as you know, the industry has a hard time attracting those. So when we get one in, we need to be able to keep them. And ultimately, you know, my fear for independent agencies is we replicate that mistake and we bring them in for two years, three years. They get some basics and then they bail to the next spot. Bail to
0: the next spot. That's right. Larger, carrier. We may be doing the training. Instead of the carriers doing that, the training, that's right, right. And, and cutting
1: their teeth on it. Yeah. I mean, and so that is it. That is, I think that when you look at the the, the crisis that an independent agent has. That's part of it. I mean, that's part of the reason that growth is such a big deal for the independent agent. Without growth, you don't have any place to put these newer folks that are coming in. They're not hanging around behind 15, 20-year Sally. They're not right. doing it. And you still need 15, 20-year Sally. You can't, you, you you can't get rid of that person. You don't want to get rid of you you that person. You don't want to, but... You want to figure out how, hmm. do, you, how do you merge those two together effectively? Because I do see a lot of consternation between seasoned and unseasoned employees. Mm. The unseasoned employees says, hey, we're not moving fast enough. I'm not getting up quick enough. The seasoned employees is saying, slow down. You don't understand what you're talking about. You don't understand the risk. You don't understand the gaps. You don't understand the coverage. You don't understand the stuff. And so th- there is a there is a wide disparity between those two roles. And I don't know. I mean, I've seen different organizations try to incentivize growth to say, Hey, look, account manager, part of your, part of your compensation is based on how well you groom those under you. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I'm still seeing just a ton of uh, friction between those two roles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that's a tough one. I it mean, is. I, we don't have easy answers on, on this issue, but... Uh, yeah, and if you
1: solved it, let us know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. We'll pass it on. But it is a discussion that's important to continue to have mm-hmm. uh, because this issue is not going to go away.
1: Well, I think it's like you said. I think that, you know, the tuition reimbursement that Crystal and Company is doing, you know, one of the things that the the INS nerds folk talk about all the time is student loans. Right. Right. Student loan repayment. and the the benefits package that the owners offered five years ago is not going to retain the employees that you want to retain uh, today. You know, and so if if you are comfortable having a mediocre agency being in, in a, with mediocre employees doing mediocre things and then dwindling a, 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 a slow death, you can keep it the same. But if you want that engaged employee that's going to fight for you, that's going to stay late for you, that's going to work weekends for you. I believe that you have to give them trust. You have to give them the pathing, you have to give them the ability to shape that future. And you're going to have to change what you offer them. I mean, and you may have to iterate through that thing. Yep. The sabbatical, the, the payoffs, I mean, all kinds of stuff. I also think,
0: again, thought just
1: came to mind that
0: owners and managers need to be able to have critical conversations if something's not working. Mm-hmm. That That tends to be Too often an impediment, not being honest. You're not making the mark. You're not hitting your goals. You're not and doing it early. um, Goes back
1: to goal setting, though. It does. That's that's the challenge. Job
0: description, goal setting. We've kind of
1: the metrics harped on that
0: a bit. Well, that's because
1: so much of what we're talking about. If you had a dashboard that had Billy's name on it and Billy was hitting all his goals and Billy's sitting in the game room but above his head, so you're really fancy and you've got AR glasses for your CEO, <laughs> and as they walk around, they can see all the metrics. If he looks at Billy and says, man, for the last 12 days, Billy's hit his goal and superseded it, he's not going to give a damn that Billy's playing a game, right? right? Inversely, with a lack of knowledge, with a lack of understanding, with a lack of where you stand, your metric is he's not in his seat. Mm-hmm. He's not doing the right thing. Right. And so I think it, it does. It comes back to those operational metrics that you've got to put in place. And I mean, and without that, everything that you do going forward, I think will will, will, will be fruitless and frustrating.
0: Yeah. Well, as we said, uh, we think it's an important topic. A couple of reminders. Uh, we've talked a bit about data and analytics, so we had an episode talking about that. We've also had a couple episodes talking about outsourcing as a way to get some of that uh, detail work uh, Soul-sucking done. tasks. Soul-sucking tasks. There you go. Uh, uh, moved off into another process to uh, to free up uh, your internal staff for, uh, for more things and more enjoyable things. So hopefully this has given you some ideas. Hopefully this has prompted you to begin a discussion in your own organization about employee engagement and what you need to do to make sure that your current employees are engaged and certainly the new ones that you bring in uh, because it does affect your bottom line. Hugely. Well, I'm Steve Anderson with Ryan Deeds. This is The Digital Broker. We thank you for listening. Happy day. This has been another episode of The Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Send us your questions and comments, and if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio provides insurance agents a first-rate client experience by turning the application, renewal, and accord submission process into an easy-to-use, fully digital experience. As a result, agencies using Indio are able to retain and acquire more business. To learn more about Indio and why agencies such as Risk Strategies, ABD, and Heffernan Insurance use Indio, go to www.useindio.com. That's use, U-S-E, dot com.